In a world filled with information, where do you turn to get straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money? Lock it in to the longest-running financial talk show in Arkansas and let us help you build the bridge between information and application. Real financial change begins right here, and it starts with you. It's showtime! Hey, good morning, everybody. On today's show, five myths holding back your finances. And really, they could be holding you back from living the life you want to live. We'll also be joined by Dr. Wade Fowle, a professor of retirement income and best-selling author. This is the Get Ready for the Future show. And welcome in to our live stream and our radio program, the Get Ready for the Future show is on the air Hope everybody's doing well. My name is Scott Inman, and with me today in the other room, about oh, I don't know, let's call it uh, at a more than six feet, feet away, at more than six feet, yes, yeah. an appropriate social distance. Uh, yeah, just appropriate, so yeah, clearly, that's more governor, than six feet. Just so the governor and the state police know that that we're definitely <laughs> more than six feet away. I don't know if you guys have six feet away. Did you measure it? We're we're gonna we're gonna say that yeah. yeah. That's close. <laughs> well, we're we're, it, we're we're projecting this way, so we're not we're not really we're as far apart as the studio will allow. There you go. That's John Shrewsbury and Janet Walker. I didn't get a chance to introduce you, but just, hey, just I have a go ahead. I was just gonna say, just so you know, there is an exception to the governor's rule for people who are doing a television broadcast. That's correct. Yes, I know. So, we're going above and beyond. That's right. <laughs> and I do have a quick question because. I am remotely in the marketing office, or actually, to be more specific, our marketing director, Sean's office, but that doesn't have a nice ring to it. We need a name for at least the hour that we're on the air for this office. So you guys have any thoughts? Um, Outback? I'm going to guess that Scott (laughs) already has a name. No, I don't. I just thought of that question right now. So I I don't know what Outback is. makes me sound like I'm outside here. We'll we'll circle back to that one. We could call it the outhouse. Yes, I don't like that either. I okay. think the show's going downhill. Let's go in yeah, the direction. Yeah, those, both of those make me sound like I've been exiled, and I don't want to feel like that. No, no, we wouldn't want you to feel that way. Hey, we have a big show today. Uh, we mentioned in the open five myths holding back your finances. And, and, and certainly, as I was kind of getting prepared for today's show, I think there are more than five, clearly, that we could go over. But these are five big ones. These yeah. are really good when you think about they're really more focused on the mentality, I think, that can hold us back, our mental blocks uh, when it comes to really living the life we want to live in retirement. And we're going to jump on one of those in this segment, and then we're going to step away from the myths, the list anyway, and talk to Dr. Wade Fowl. Wade will be returning to our program. We had him on uh, earlier uh, this summer, might have even been back in the spring. He's a professor of retirement income and the director of the RICP program at the American College of Financial Services. He's also a best-selling author. You'll really want to stay tuned for him in the next segment. But guys, when you think about the myths we're going to talk about, number one is planning is boring. What we do here at GenWealth every day is make plans for people's financial future. And we can tell you it's not boring. But I do think the conception, the the misconception is, is that it is. But I think to kind of get the focus right for people who are listening and watching today, you have to kind of think about, well, what do you plan for? And is that boring? And I think we plan for a lot of things, guys, that really isn't boring. Guys, it just hit me as many times as we've talked about planning. I think there's a distinction that we really need to talk through here. Let me, t- I'm going to talk to the ladies for just a minute about planning a wedding, okay? At the end of a wedding, I remember my, my husband telling me when some of the details were kind of not working out right beforehand, kind of last minute, he looked at me and very wisely said, honey, our wedding's going to be perfect because at the end, we will be Mr. and Mrs. Stephen Walker. And that's outcome. all that matters. That's right. It's the outcome. <laughs> yes. So, you know, in any wedding, that's the outcome. It's Mr. and Mrs. Okay. But, but the important part in the planning is the personalization everybody's going to become Mr. and Mrs. How do you personalize it? That's the part of planning. And I think that, you know, the absolute, you know, all the finite details of planning, I'm just going to be real transparent, depending on what you're planning, that part can be boring. But the purpose of planning is the personalization, which is exciting. And the same is true on your financial planning. And this is the part that I don't think we've ever really talked about. You get to share the personalization part with us 
and we're the ones who actually do the planning. You know, you just have to have the meeting to yeah. share the fun personalization, and then we go to work on how do we make that happen. When we get together with you to come into our office, we're going to ask a lot of questions because we want to know what that personalization is. We want to know what uh, what it is that you want to do in retirement. What is it that you need to do in retirement? All of those things are things that you've been thinking about, hoping for, dreaming about, and you need to share those so then we can go about the business of actually implementing those plans for you. Now, I will also say that I think that one of the reasons why people say it's boring is that there is a disconnect. There's a, yeah. a, a, a jargon that is used generally mm-hmm. in our industry. Uh, that you, know, you talk about things like uh, portfolio allocation and alpha and beta and all this sort of stuff. And people just glaze over. They just kind of go, I don't have any idea what you're talking about. And I don't know, more importantly, what that has to do with me. At GenWealth, we always connect all of that stuff to you and help you to understand this is how you get to those hopes and goals and dreams is by facilitating that with a financial advisor. You know, when you mentioned Janet, the weddings, I was thinking some people this year have planned weddings twice because of the COVID-19 pandemic. I have two family members who were um, going to get married about the time this thing hit. So they're having to to do it again. So they've spent a little extra time planning their weddings. Another thing that we plan is building a house. You know, when you guys were talking, I was thinking about the process that I went through building my home, sitting down with the architect. And I enjoyed that. Now, I don't know if that's been a miserable experience for you, if you ever sat down with an architect, but you came to the table with the ideas and the plan and the vision. And think about, in my case, he listened a lot first, right? It was all about him hearing what I wanted. And I think when you talk about, John, the financial jargon, I think too many people's experience with a financial advisor could be that they did all the talking, not them. The advisor did all the talking. Clearly, uh, I've I've seen people in situations where the uh, where the the attitude, if you will, of the conversation is the client is back here and the advisor is up here, and they're they're leaning yeah. into them and telling them everything in the world that might be going through their head, and they're not listening. Uh, you know, we've always abided by the the ratio of listening to talking that that God implemented, and that is He gave you two ears and one <laughs> mouth, and you should use them uh, in direct proportion to what he gave you. Yeah. And, and so when you come in to talk with us at GenWealth, we want to listen way more than we talk. Now, clearly we want to tell you what's going on and, and what you need to know, but none of that matters until you tell us what's going on in your I, world. I would say that the focus is on understanding, and that is in both directions, that we need to understand you and what your goals are, what's important to you, so that we can personalize the plan for you. But then beyond that, we want to be sure that you understand the application of all of that. So it, there is some listening time on both sides of the the equation there, but it is very educationally oriented when we're walking through that. Scott, let's face it. Nobody woke up this morning and said, I got to go and talk to somebody about some asset allocation today. (laughs) Yeah, that just wasn't on the agenda. Uh, But the chances are that maybe you spent a little bit of time last night dreaming about what the future might look like, or maybe even be worried about what the future might look like. I can tell you, I had a client come in, brought his wife, and she was uh, wound up. I will yeah. tell you that she was she was exercised. She was uh, really upset about, you know, everything that's going on in the world and all the uncertainty and taxes and this and that. And we just walked through it. We just had a conversation about it very logically, very methodically. And one by one, we took care of those concerns and we helped her to understand. And when she left, she had a completely different demeanor. She had a completely different attitude about things. And she felt really relieved that some of her concerns had been answered. And I will tell you, if you don't have that experience going on with your advisor, you might need another advisor. Hey, you aren't boring, so why do you think your finances should be? Planning is not boring. We've debunked myth one. We've got four more, but we're going to step aside, and when we come back, talk to Dr. Wade Fowl, Professor of Retirement Income and the Director of the RICP Program. Are you following us on social media? Search for GenWealth on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at GenWealthFA so you don't miss out on behind-the-scenes photos, money tips, and informational videos. The Get Ready for the Future show will be back after this. 
This is Scott Inman. At Genwell Financial Advisors, we understand that there should be more to retirement than just the size of your nest egg. Whether it's more time for family, a fresh start, or just stopping and enjoying life, whatever it is for you, we know that your retirement should be more. With offices across Central Arkansas, there is a Genwealth location nearby. Call 501-653-7355 or visit us online to schedule an appointment and harness the power of more. Securities offered through LPL Financial Member FINRA SIPC. Investments and economics move at the speed of light. And we've got the latest information you need to know to stay ahead of the game. From Genwealth Financial Advisors, it's the fastest four minutes in investing. Welcome in. Scott Inman along with John Shrewsbury. For four minutes, we're going to talk about markets and the election. I think this uh, idea spawns from one of the most common things we're talking about in client meeting rooms these days, John. We're inside of 90 days out from the 2020 presidential election. And with the market continuing to surge in the middle of a pandemic, I think that's the next possible fear point for a lot of people. Yeah, and a lot of people are coming in going, well, if so-and-so gets elected, it's all going to go to heck in a handcart. And and I don't care which side of the aisle you're on, there is that opinion that if we have four more years of Donald Trump, we're, we're going off the cliff. Mm-hmm. If we get Joe Biden in, it's really going to be bad. And there's some validity to both sides of those comments. But here is what is really interesting, Scott. If you you look at the makeup of Congress, that really does decide this whole issue. It really is not about who the president is. Mm-hmm. It really is about what the makeup of Congress is because they can't get anything done without Congress. Yeah. So if you look at the current makeup, the Republicans control the Senate and the Democrats control the House. And it's really you're not hearing much chatter about the House switching uh, roles there or switching uh, majorities. The Senate, however, is in play. Uh, according to the Washington Post, 23 Republican seats are in play, or in other words, being voted on. 13 of those could be competitive. 12 Democratic seats are in play, and only two of those are considered to be potentially competitive. And the Democrats would only need to pick up four seats to gain a majority. So what we're saying is, is if that happens, if the Democrats get a majority in the Senate and they control both houses of Congress, and there is a Democratic winner in the White House, what statistically happens in the market? Well, if you have a Democrat Congress uh, and a Democrat president, then statistically the market is up about 10.7%. If you have a Republican president and a Republican Congress, about 13.4%. If you have a split Congress, and it doesn't matter who the president is, the market actually is, on average, up about 17.2%. Now, Scott, there is some philosophy in our industry about this that basically says they like gridlock. Mm -hmm. The market likes gridlock because not a lot changes. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, if there is a Democratic Congress and a Democratic president, there's going to be some changes because we've had four years of Donald Trump and very conservative uh, things being implemented through Congress. And so there is going to be some changes. And markets are not real fond of change. But I don't think it all turns on the presidential election. I think it turns on the congressional elections. Yeah. So that's the future looking, the forward looking. But here, here's a really fun stat and, and statistic for you to yeah. watch as the lead up to the election happens. Stock performance ahead of the election could actually potentially signal the outcome. At least historically, it has done so very often. If you take a 90-day window And that began for us August 3rd. So if you start looking at where the S&P 500 index was on August 3rd, and then you take a look at where it ends on Election Day, if it is higher in that 90-day window, point to point, then the incumbent party usually wins. So Donald Trump would stand a pretty good chance, according to the history there, uh, of winning re-election. If, however, that 90-day window, it's lower the incumbent party loses. And that's happened 20 out of 23 times and every time since the 1980 election. Wow. And that is uh, going to be interesting to watch and see how this market shakes out and whether that uh, continues its long winning streak. Yeah. Now, 2020 has not been traditional or usual in any way, but I do think it highlights the other philosophy. You mentioned one philosophy. The other philosophy is people vote with their pocketbooks. They they they, absolutely do. Yeah. And if they feel like things are going well in the economy, even though that 90-day window is kind of short, they usually go with the horse that brought them there, right? That's right. That is a look at the fastest four minutes in investing. The Get Ready for the Future show continues on the other side of the break. Want to know what goes on in the studio? During this break, go subscribe to the Gen Wealth Financial Advisors YouTube channel and get all the straight talk on retirement, investments, and your money. 
Did you know there are a ton of financial resources on GetReadyForTheFuture.com? No? Well, bookmark that page for later because the Get Ready For The Future show is back. Gen Wealth Advisor, always standing by, ready to meet with you. We have offices in West Little Rock, Hot Springs, El Dorado, Conway, Bryant, and Shreveport, Bossier City area in Louisiana. To reach any of those advisors, you can set up a first complimentary appointment by calling 501-653-7355, or you can reach out via email info at getreadyforthefuture.com. Scott Inman, John Shrewsbury, Janet Walker, back on the Get Ready for the Future show, talking about five myths holding back your finances, and we're pleased to be joined once again by Dr. Wade Fowle. Dr. Fowle is the uh, Professor of Retirement Income and the Program Director of the RICP Program at the American College of Financial Services. He's also a best-selling author. He has joined us on the program before. Welcome back, Dr. Fowle. Thanks, John. It's a pleasure to be back. We are certainly excited to have you, and as we dive in here, we mentioned just a moment ago that our topic today is uh, myths that could be uh, holding people back in dealing with their finances, specifically in regard to retirement. Let's kind of dive in there. What's the what's the biggest myth, or if you want to take one or two, that really confounds trying to have a successful retirement? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say that when we're really looking at, at that sort of issue, that there's an idea that there's one financial product or one financial tool out there that will address all retirement risk and be the one-size-fits-all solution for retirement. That at the end of the day, rather than just looking for that one tool, you really have to think more broadly about using different tools and, and bringing them together into a retirement plan. But that that's always the issue. It's Retirement risk is different, and, and just trying to rely on one particular approach or tool isn't really going to work at the end of the day. Dr. Fowl, as you think about where we are in this pandemic and as it rolls on and, and deepens in some ways, what are the consequences that Americans are, are facing in their retirement picture? What are, we, what are the biggest challenges that you see out there that's been wrought by this pandemic? Well, there's a number of things. I mean, the first thing to consider is just the, the reality about work and being able to work. And Working longer at the end of the day is the best way to get a retirement plan back on track. But if people involuntarily lose their jobs or forced into retirement or lower pay before they had intended to, didn't think of that as part of their plan, that can create a lot of hardships for financial plans. And beyond that, we've also seen market volatility. At this point, the markets have recovered from their major losses in, in March and April, but we don't know still. There's a lot of uncertainty about what can happen. And then the other major issue that retirees need to address is interest rates have been plummeting in the last few months. They were already low to begin with. But now when we're talking about 10-year Treasury yields around 0.6%, I don't think anyone ever imagined something like that would happen And that just makes it all the more expensive to be able to fund retirement goals. You can't rely on interest as much. And so today's retirees are really going to struggle with not only may their job outlook be different than they anticipated, but retirement's becoming a lot more expensive because interest rates are also declining. It's really a a triple whammy when you think of the market volatility as well. Janet, I, I, I want to jump in here and, and speak to what Dr. Fowle is saying here. I, I saw some numbers the other day that back in, as early as 2000, if you took a 50-50 portfolio of stocks and bonds and you uh, looked at the dividend yield of the stocks right. and the interest rate on the bonds, you could basically come up with about a 4% yield on that portfolio. Today, that's about 1.6%. Yeah, so they're not really going to be able to take that approach at this time. Dr. Fowle, in, in what you were just talking about, you really did address part of what I was about to ask you, which is about what things that retirees who want to retire this year, people who want to retire this year, what do they need to consider? You really did very well address the interest rates, but you also mentioned volatility. And I'd like to take a little bit of a deeper dive into that one specifically we've talked we've mentioned it but if a retiree soon to be retiree is out there listening what do they need to know about it well at the end of the day they they need to know that it's important to stick to your plans and for years now markets have been going up we've seen this unprecedented bull market and we got the reminder that markets are volatile and they can lose a significant amount as happened in march in particular 
it was important to stay the course with that because if you didn't panic, if you stood steady, you'd be back to not having experienced major loss at this point. But we know that with human behavior, that's not always how people do behave, that a lot of individuals did panic after seeing major stock market losses and may have sold off their positions and decided to be safer to be in cash at that point. And then they missed that subsequent recovery. And time and again throughout history, we see that sort of phenomenon where if you panic and sell after downturns, it's really going to make it a lot harder to achieve any sort of accumulation goals for, for how you want to spend the planet for that retirement. We are talking today on the Get Ready for the Future show with Dr. Wade Fowle, a professor of retirement income and a best-selling author. And I want to jump back to something you said just a few moments ago. You know, we, we have used the analogy of a tool chest a lot when it comes to financial investments. You said there's not just one tool that fits all jobs. And, and we're fond of saying we don't pull out a wrench if you need a hammer. There are multiple things that you can use in the context of a holistic financial plan and that approach. On a previous visit on our show, you talked about one of those tools. You spoke very favorably about utilizing annuities in retirement. Talk to us a little bit about it. Are, are you still in favor of those and, and what, what value can they provide to retirees? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think annuities with their, when they have that lifetime protections, so you're getting a guaranteed lifetime income, that that can be a really important part of retirement income planning because it helps to address this major risk that we're not as used to thinking about, which is we're now living off of a, a pot of assets we've accumulated and we just don't know how long that money needs to last for. We don't know if our retirement's going to last to age 70 or 80 or 90 or 100. And the annuity helps to manage that risk by identifying the fact that, well, some people won't live as long, but other people will live longer. We'll make sure you get an income no matter how long you live in a way that an investment portfolio just can't do. Now, when it comes to changes with annuities, with, with what's happening with the global pandemic at this point, the, the lower interest rates have an impact. They also lower the payout rates on annuities. And a lot of times people think, well, now would be a bad time to consider an annuity because you then are locking in today's low interest rates for forever. But, but the reality about that is for somebody who's retiring today, the relative case for an annuity becomes stronger in a low interest rate environment. And while it's true the cost of an annuity goes up when interest rates are low, the problem with investments is the cost of funding retirement with investments grows faster than the cost of funding retirement with annuities. Because annuities, they have three sources of payments. You're spending on your principal, you're spending interest that the insurance company is earning from bonds, and then you're getting this mortality or longevity credit that you get from risk pooling. And that, that third component's not affected by interest rates. So the cost of funding retirement with investment is really growing faster than the cost of funding retirement with annuities when interest rates are low. And that's why their relative case becomes stronger, not weaker in a low interest rate environment. And I think people may miss that point sometimes because we're used to hearing about things like the 4% rule of thumb. This is how much you can safely spend from an investment portfolio. And that rule of thumb, it, it exists in a vacuum. It doesn't account for the fact that interest rates are lower now than they've ever been. And so we can't just blindly say that the 4% rule works no matter what kind of interest rate environment we're in. The reality is you're going to have to spend less from investments when interest rates are lower. And simple rules of thumb like the 4% will miss that point. Dr. Fowl, I've, I've heard this said in, in several different quarters, but it seems to me that there could be more risk today in the bond market than potentially the long-term risk in equities because of where we are in the interest rate environment and the possibility of rates at some point in time reversing and going up, especially with all of the, the free cash flow that is coming in from the government, creating maybe setting up a inflationary environment and having the Fed to react to that by raising interest rates. What's your thought on that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, certainly the, the risk of holding bonds is higher now because it's important for, for listeners to understand that when interest rates go up, bonds lose value. And, and the opposite is also true. If interest rates go down, bonds get capital gains. They, they appreciate in value. 
And since the 1980s, that's basically what we've been observing, is interest rates have continued to come down. And that's given if you hold bonds and mutual funds and so forth, you're, you've been getting higher returns from bonds in a lower uh, declining interest rate environment. But at some point, interest rates can't go any lower. And so when you hold bonds, your best prediction about what its return will be is just what the interest rate is. And if you hold the bond to maturity, you'll get that interest rate, that, that yield as your return. Now, if you're holding bonds and mutual funds, that's where if interest rates do go up, you'll have losses. And if you're holding on to longer term bonds because they do generally offer higher interest rates than shorter term bonds, they'll get impacted even more by an interest rate increase. And you can see that, yeah, if interest rates go up from this low level by a percent or two, on a, a 30 year treasury bond, you could be looking at 30 or 40 percent losses. So it's very much like we think about with, with stock markets and the potential losses of holding stocks. That's a real risk of holding especially long term bonds in a low interest rate environment. And if you instead hold short term bonds, well, at this stage, you're basically not getting any interest anyway. It's not much different from holding on to cash and then being exposed to inflation and inflation eating away at the purchasing power of those bonds. Scott, I think we're we're getting towards the end. I don't know that he has time for the next one, so go ahead. Yeah, we have about a minute left. We were trying to decide there if we had time to get another question <laughs> out or not. But uh, I guess we could end with this. You know, we do want to give you the opportunity. I know you have uh, written some books. I didn't mention any of the titles, but how can people um, maybe check out one of those books or get in contact with you or follow up if they have uh, a, a desire to get more information about these topics? Well, thanks. Well, my website, it's retirementresearcher.com. It's all one word. And the, I, I've written three books. They're all on Amazon. Uh, if you type in my name there, you'll find them. And it, it's Wade and then Thau is P-F-A-U. So either way, you'll be able to, to find more information. Thank you. Yeah, they would they would not have known that P there was there on the radio <laughs> today. Uh, Dr. Fowl, thank you so much for joining us. It is always a pleasure to talk to you and uh, hope you have a great weekend. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. And you too. Thank you. The Get Ready for the Future show continues with five myths holding back your finances right after this. Get off the crazy train and onto a more dependable track with the Gen Wealth team. All aboard the Get Ready for the Future show after the break. We're back with more straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money on the Get Ready for the Future show. Many ways to check out the Get Ready for the Future show. We are live streaming every Wednesday morning at 1130. You can watch that on Facebook or YouTube and, of course, on our radio broadcast, 10 a.m. all across central Arkansas on Saturday mornings. Scott Emmett, along with John Shrewsbury and Janet Walker, today's topic, five myths, holding back your finances. And we pause there for our interview with Dr. Wade Fallon. By the way, if you jump in on the middle of that, Please go back and check us out on podcast to hear the entire interview. I just I can't thank him enough for joining us, taking the time. I know he's a busy guy. His his time is uh, very much in demand. And I always I, I use uh, I reference him sometimes in client meeting rooms, John, because you know there's there's the financial advisor world, but there's also the academic world, and, mm-hmm. and we really didn't highlight that. That's where he comes from. This is analyzing numbers and data, and, and basically shooting you straight on the realities of of. Uh, a 21st century retirement. Scott, I've been through the uh, RICP program uh, at the American College, and uh, Dr. Fowle was really the author of that program. And I can tell you that it's the real deal. Yeah, and it, is. it is. You know, I've got uh, 30 something years in the industry, and I couldn't just mail it in, Janet. It was not something that I just could go, oh, yeah, I know all that stuff. It is really very in depth and very intense. And that's really what I really appreciate about him and his comments yeah. on our show is he's bringing a different perspective to this. Well, it, it's it's not really, it's not a different perspective in, in terms of whether we agree or disagree. No. We, he, we have the same thought process. And that's what I really like about it is that I think where you're going on the perspective is we come from the perspective of advisors and he's in the realm of academia. Right. But 
I really like it when those two are in alignment. And I think that yes. that's a good uh, litmus test, if you will, for you as a as a consumer when you're getting mm-hmm. ready to retire. If you're meeting with an advisor who doesn't pass that test, where can I put this plan against the logic and the facts that science and math bring to the equation? And if it passes that test, you're probably you've probably got a pretty good plan. If, however, it's here's the product of the day because that's what our company wants me to sell you or it's you know an emotional type of deal that's not going to pass the test you have to have a plan that will stand up to academia in this whole process scott if your plan is based on pop culture and Mm -hmm. and whatever the flavor of the month is you probably need a new plan I'll just say it that way. And and again, that plan has to be oriented to you, right. not to the agenda that somebody else might have. And it needs to be based, as Janet so appropriately mentioned, on math and science, not on emotion and, and a hype or pitch or anything like that. Yeah, we talk about foundations yes. of our retirement income house. These are two pillars, really, of that foundation. There's the science and then there's the advisor side, academic and science, our academic and advisor side coming together on that. So I love what he said about the, the, the financial tools. We talk about that all the time. A product is not a plan. We don't want to give you a, a hammer when you need a wrench. Right. It is the holistic planning process. So today's topic, five minutes holding back your finances. We, we talked about planning in the first segment and, and we don't believe planning is boring. That is a myth that, that planning is boring. We plan a lot of things in our lives that we enjoy planning for retirement or planning for financial independence should be no different. Myth number two is I don't have enough to get started. Now this can really manifest itself early on in in someone's life as you uh, maybe don't have the income that you currently are, that you likely will later in life and you see there's no margin there, right? Well, you have to create some. Everybody can create some margin, increase cash flow, and and even if it's 50 bucks a month, $100 a month, get started. So I don't think there is really an excuse to say you don't have enough to get started. Janet, let's, I want you to, to rift on this for just a second, because I, I know in your career, as well as mine, that you've sat down with people that are probably uh, past broke, below broke. Yeah, yeah. And you've been able to find somewhere in their budget enough money to get started. And it really doesn't mean that they have to have a big lump sum. No, it doesn't mean that at all. I mean, if if I go back and look at the time, the, the crisis time in... Uh, in our lives when we had so much medical debt because of my, my husband's situation, you know, we cut a lot of things that we had previously considered as necessities. But when life dealt us the hand that it did, we redefined necessities. And I think that absent a crisis, if you don't want to be in a retirement crisis later, you can redefine necessities too. It's really not that difficult to find, even if it's another $50 or so per month, that's feasible for most people to do. And if it's not, then I would say you need to do some reevaluating anyway. Maybe it's time for a second job for a period of time. Maybe you need to knock out some of the debt that you have. It's possible for you to get to a point where you can invest. And I've talked a little bit about this my daughter bethany is is 14 she just started working she's working for the purpose of saving money for a car she's only gotten one paycheck so far so we're real early in this but what we're going to talk about is after we see how much money she earns this year we're going to look early next year at does it make sense for her at 14 to go ahead and make a prior year contribution for a Roth IRA or does she need to save all of that for a vehicle because she's not going to be able to get the vehicle for a couple of years anyway. So it might make sense to go ahead and do that and then she's got time on her side and if a 14 year old can you know have enough money to get started then I would say wherever you are you too can get started. It is not where you come from. I can absolutely yeah. tell you that because I, I come from a pretty stark place. You yeah. know, I lived in a shotgun house and, and the railroad ran right beside my house. Mm-hmm. And so it's not where you come from. It is really all about uh, where you're headed. And, and you've got to move in that direction. When you think about uh, how to, to scrape up some money to begin investing, let's talk about something that a lot of people really kind of go, oh, no, no, no. 
now you're meddling in my in my savings here, but I, I want to talk to you really straight. Think about your tax refund that you get. Mm-hmm. Understand what a tax refund is. A tax refund is made up of you giving the government your money every paycheck, paycheck after paycheck, only for them to hand it back to you at zero interest when you file your tax return. Now, here's a question for you. What did you do with your last tax refund? Was it productive for your financial future or did you blow it? There's probably, I don't know, maybe 50 bucks, 100 bucks a month. Easily for that most you could, people. That you could put away and save and invest as opposed to playing this back and forth game with the government and then blowing the money at the end. Yeah, and, and let me say, if that's money that you use for something else, if, if you go, I, I can't use that for investments because, I, I don't know, that's our vacation money. We have to do that. Okay, even if you're going that route, let's just stay on the on the tax refund for just a moment. We want you to be at a point where you either get back about $1,000 or you have to pay in and have it to pay about $1,000, somewhere in that window. Mm-hmm. But we've seen people who get back, you know, every year, seven or $8,000. That's an interest-free loan, like you were talking about, John, to the government every year. And you're not putting that money to work, even at the low interest rates that we have now. Put it in the bank and let it earn a little bit and then utilize it to move forward, whether it's partly for vacation and partly for investments, whatever. But you don't want to be in a situation where you're getting that much back on your taxes. Scott, one other thing I'll mention on this is that you really have to understand at GenWealth, we value all levels of wealth. If you've got 50 bucks a month that you want to put into an IRA account, we're going to open an account for you. We've got an advisor to do that for you. Uh, it is There are no account minimums here. We don't go uh, by what your pocketbook looks like. We go by what your future looks like. Right. Let me say this, too. If you believe this myth that I don't have enough to get started, let me cast a little vision for you. Most of the people we work with who are on the cusp of retirement, hail from humble beginnings. Mm-hmm. That's right. And some were not even that lucky. I think about two that came in, in the Little Rock office within the last couple of months. They probably have never made more than $40,000 a year. Now, that's that may be a lot if you're thinking, I don't have enough to get started. You may not make that, but someday you should be able to achieve that. They probably never made more than $40,000 a year in their life, and they both walked in with more than a million dollars in yeah. assets. So you think about how they did it. They did it by the grind, the discipline, um, casting the vision and having a plan. So our third myth now, investments alone are enough. And I think Dr. Fowl did his part in shattering this myth in the last segment. I will say, as I thought about this, I'm not sure that people or investors really believe this myth. I think this is a myth that is perpetuated by our own industry, guys. Yeah, by, by people who are not planners, people right. who are product salesmen, if you will. Um, there is a difference between an advisor who will sit down with you, take the time to listen to you, to get to know your situation, and put together a personalized plan, and then from that plan, determine what products are best fit to be able to implement that plan. There's a difference from that person compared to the advisor who just says, oh, you got $250,000, here's a product that that's great for you. Well, how do you know that? It has to be personalized. The investment product alone, just like Dr. Fowles said, that is not the solution. You have to look at it in a holistic manner. How is this all going to work together? Let me be blunt here. There are two types of people in this industry. There are those that are planners and go through this process like we're describing here. And there are those that are very well crafted at putting lipstick on a pig. <laughs> and when they when they start with that, when they start with a product pitch, I can tell you the lipstick is out and they're chasing the pig around the barnyard. Well, and guys, we've seen that so many times because people will come into our office after having visited with another advisor in the industry and they're wanting to get a comparison. So they've had that experience and they come in and we've literally had them just go, here's my statements. They push them across the table to us and go, what do you want me to do? And they're done talking because at their last advisor experience, that's what happened. That's what happened. And we just kind of push the papers back to them and go, let me understand you a little bit and let me understand what's important to you and go from there. It's a very different experience. It's not about the product. 
And I will tell you, Scott, that that products, and I think our industry has perpetuated this myth that, that you're correct about that. Products are sometimes described as a Swiss Army knife. It slices, it dices, it it'll you know take the garbage out when it's raining or whatever the case may be. Uh, that there is no one product out there that is the savior of your retirement. If there was. I can guarantee you Janet and I would have found it over the years and we would have it front and center and be, you know, trumpeting it on every program that we have, but we don't do that. The plan is the real savior of your retirement, of your financial future. And you've got to go through the planning process to understand and get the benefits that planning offers. Just like there's no magic number. We say that all the time, as far as how many assets you have, there's no magic product either. We'll be back in just a moment. There are only three things you can count on in life. Death, taxes, and the Get Ready for the Future show on Saturdays. Back with more after this break. You ain't heard nothing yet. Buckle up, because we're back with the Get Ready for the Future show. Five minutes holding your finances back. That's the topic of today's Get Ready for the Future show. We enter our final segment. We've been through three. I want to kind of put a bow on that third one real quick before we go to four. Uh, We talked about investments alone are enough. That's the myth that investments alone are enough. And the reason I kind of said that I don't think people or investors or near-term retirees believe this is we've heard countless stories of people getting ready to walk away from work and have saved all their life in their 401k. And they tell their coworkers, they tell their friends, they have no idea what to do next. They yeah. have no idea what to do with that 401k to distribute it to themselves as income in retirement and make it last for the rest of their lives. If that's you, you can reach out to a Genwell Financial Advisor. That's what we do every day is build retirement income plans for our clients. Our number is 501-653-7355. Again, it's 501-653-7355 for a complimentary first appointment. Or you can email us, just send it to info at getreadyforthefuture.com. All right, so myth number four, I have plenty of time, so I should wait. That's myth number four that could hold your finances back. And as I pitch to you, John and Janet, I I think another way to phrase this is I'm too busy making ends meet right now. I'll worry about that later. Or, or I'm, uh, I'm young and I'm living my life and I'm enjoying life right now. I'll get serious about saving later. I mean, retirement is a lifetime away when you're in your yeah. 20s. It does not have any sense of urgency about it. So, Scott, I'm going to channel Carl Rove, the uh, political <laughs> commentator, and hold up at, for our radio listeners. I'm holding up a whiteboard, but I'll describe this to you. Uh, and on the whiteboard, we have the, the story of Mike. Now, Mike is 22 years old. He starts saving at age 22, and he's going to save just $200 a month until age 28. And then he's going to stop saving. So he only saves six years. The total investment that Mike is going to make is $14,400. Now, let's assume, Janet, that he saves this in his IRA, and he just stops and leaves it alone. It's only $14,400. You know, think about all the temptation, first of all, to blow, oh, yeah. to blow that up, to go get, you know, a car with that money mm-hmm. and pay the penalty or whatever the case may be. But Mike is a smart guy. Mike is going to be very diligent and he's just going to save over that six year period of time and he's going to stop. If we let that compound at an 8% rate of return until age 67, Mike will have in his retirement account $446,000. He only invested $14,400 as opposed to Larry who did something completely different. So Larry was the king of procrastination and Larry waited until age 28. Actually, that's probably a prince of procrastination. We have people who wait until they're 50. So anyway, he he gets a little bit of a procrastination title here though. So he waits until age 28 to get started. He also saves $200 a month. We're looking at the same rate of return between the two of them, but he continues to contribute from age 28 until age 67. So as opposed to the $14,000 that Mike put in, Larry contributes as much as $93,000, and he winds up with $598,000. Now, if you look at the comparison here... 598000 yes, it's more than the 446000 that John was talking about a moment ago that Mike got. But remember that Mike stopped saving at age 28. 
What if he had continued, if he had continued to just save that $200 a month, every month from age 22 until age 67, then he would have wound up being a self-made millionaire with a million forty-four thousand dollars that's critical. It's so important to start early. You get that power of compound interest, the power of time on your side. That's right. So you take what Mike saved and stopped at age 28 and let it compound. That was the $446,000. And then you add in what Larry was saving and he continued saving through age 28 to age 67. That's the 598. So you add those two together and you get a million and $44,000. And I just actually misread that. I think, I think you actually wrote a million 94. We're going to give him another, uh, fifty thousand dollars okay. in there so a million ninety four it's almost one point one million dollars at two hundred dollars a month we're, you know? we're quibbling about a few thousand dollars here when we're talking about a, a lot. millionaire yeah a millionaire and yeah. so the key scott is that time is the most powerful resource that you have especially when you're young and it will get away from you so quickly if you're not careful yeah you will lose this power of compound interest because i want to go back to larry here because we talked about the procrastination but he's starting at 28 how many people out there listening right now are beyond the age of 28 and haven't started anything yet now's the time it's absolutely time to get started. So uh, in, in uh, contrast to the myth, Scott, you don't have plenty of time. Time is money, and you're losing it if you don't get started. It is that illustration alone that led me to encourage my 19-year-old son to start a Roth IRA. And he yeah. is contributing yeah. $100 a month right now. If he never stops that, he's going to be that guy. Oh, yeah. So it is, it is definitely important. The earlier, the better. Don't think that you have plenty of time. Time is on your side, so that's a reason not to wait. All right, so we're up to our final myth. We've got about three minutes to go over it, about three and a half left in our, uh, our, our, our main part of our show. It's too late for me to make a difference. So this is the other end of that story, right? It, it, if you start early, it's great, but what if you did And what if we're talking to the people who are a little older? I think of a case that we had uh, a lady who came into to, to our office not that long ago, a 55-year-old single mom. She had been divorced for many, many years, and she had spent her full time raising the kids and were focused on them. And she said these words, I've been focused on them. They're now out of the house. I came in to get focused on me. And she had saved maybe right at $100,000, and she needed to get serious and is doing that. And you know what? From 55 to 65 over the next 10 years, she's going to be able to get serious and make a big difference and live the retirement she wants. Yeah, I, I would say don't worry about what your timeline is. You need to get started, you know, whether whether you're young, whether you're old. The point is get focused on what your plan needs to be. I'm, I'm really enjoying these whiteboards. You, you like that, yeah, don't I, you? I, I do. Uh, He's so found a new toy. The I new have. Toy. <laughs> I have. You don't know what you don't know. That's what I want you to understand about this is that you may think it's too late for you. I can't make any difference. I'm not going to be able to retire. I'm going to work until I die. We have heard it and heard it yeah. and heard it. But I will tell you that we have people here at Gen Wealth as clients who have walked in with that thought process, with that attitude, that are actually retired today. Yeah. And, you know, they're not living in the lap of luxury because they weren't diligent savers, but they are able to retire. It's a comfortable retirement, really. That's that's so important to be able to be prepared for retirement. But again, it's a question of when do you start, you know, and the answer is today. Casey has just told Sean to come over and get my whiteboard from me. <laughs> no. I can't have has it been used that much already? Well, yeah, I thought I thought I worked it in fairly well. <laughs> hey, I would also include people who are already retired. I mean, we we welcome those folks into our offices too who did not have a plan. Yeah. Even right. if you've made it to the finish line and you're there's no there's no more opportunity really to add assets to the pile, but you've accumulated something and and you just kind of put that over as a just in case retirement. 
a financial plan can can make a difference there too. You know, Scott, one of the things we've seen in that arena is people may be retired but not having claimed Social Security yet. And to come in and seek advice on that can make a tremendous impact positively for you on what your portfolio has to do for you in terms of creating retirement income. So it's important wherever you are to go ahead and seek wise counsel. For those that are stepping into retirement or are already retired, here's the question for you. Are you living off a generality and hoping everything works out? I will tell you, hope is not a strategy. Hope is not going to get you through the next few years of whatever this world may deal us this time. Yeah, you know, yeah. we've been through this pandemic. We've been through all the social unrest. We've been through, uh, you name it. We've, we've been through a big downturn in the market, but I, I have no idea what's coming next. Yeah. But what I do know is that if you are just hoping that things are going to work out, chances are they won't work out. You need a plan. You need to come in and sit down and understand what that plan can do for you as you try to navigate the future. The only better time to plan was yesterday. You can't go back and change that, but you can determine what you do today. And beginning that process is easy. Uh, to contact a Gen Wealth advisor, you can just call us at 501 653 7355 or reach out via email info at getreadyforthefuture.com. Did I miss the bell? I didn't hear you. It, it, you did it hear rang. It rang. Well, it, didn't, it did not ring in my ear. So it is time for our final thoughts. Here's mine. We've mentioned this a couple of times on, on the broadcast today. Buying an investment product does not mean you have a plan. In, investments do not make up a plan. And I go back to what we said about all the folks that we work with who have spent a lifetime accumulating in their 401k and they have no idea what to do next. It is different when you're accumulating than it is when you're in retirement and you are distributing. It is key to have a plan for how to do that. I think my uh, wrap-up today would be about a point of action. What is yours? I, I had a, a meeting uh, with a, a relatively new team member recently this week, and we were talking about if there's a, a meeting internally, we're not talking about client meetings, but if there is a Gen Wealth meeting and you don't come out of that meeting with a point of action, that is an, an area where Gen Wealth can grow and improve, the meeting shouldn't have happened. So what's your point of action? Right. You've, you've sat and heard the majority of this show today. Be sure that you get the benefit from it. What is your point of action? Janet, education has always been our passion for our clients. And what you need to understand from this show is that you can't possibly know what you don't know. But you need to find someone who will come alongside you and help you to understand the things that you do need to know. Retirement is possible wherever you are. It doesn't make any difference if you're 30 or 60. Retirement is possible. Sit down with a Gen Wealth Advisor and let us help you. Hey, next week we're talking markets. Our show will be called Retire Your Risk. There are lots of those out there. Ryan Dietrich from LPL Research will be joining us as well. That's all the time we have for this week's show. Hope you can, I hope you can join us again next week. The Gen Wealth Financial Team is available to you 24-7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 501-653-7355. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment, and no strategy can assure success. Gen Wealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas-registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. The Get Ready for the Future show is a production of Gen Wealth Financial Advisors, and opinions expressed are not those of this radio station and are for general information only.